0: Welcome to the Stonebridge Community Church online worship service. Today you'll hear the Word of God read, the message from this weekend's in-person service, and two songs to guide you in worship. Thanks for joining us today. During this month, we are in a sermon series looking at some psalms. It's going to be a brief sermon series. There's 150 psalms, so we're not going to go through every single psalm. We're just going to go through about five of them. Um, but we titled it Psalms Greatest Hits because we're just taking a few of them and looking at these different Psalms. These Psalms are the songbook of the Bible. They're the worship book of the Bible. It's been said that the story of the Bible is God reaching out to humans, but that the Psalms are where humans reach out to God and reach up to God. So I'm going to read Psalm 8, and I'm going to read this twice, actually. So I invite you to hear the words of the psalmist. Psalm 8 says, O Lord our Sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them? Mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the sea and the fish of the sea, sorry, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. One more time. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you for this psalm. We thank you for the sense of wonder that we see in it. And we thank you for the truth that it conveys to us, that you are a God who is mindful of us, that you are a God who thinks of us, a God who considers us. So Lord, speak to us through this psalm now, that we might respond appropriately, that we might have that same sense of wonder, that we might go through our lives aware of you, aware of your work, aware of what you've created, and aware of what you've created us to be. Lord, instill in us that knowledge, that understanding, that we might respond appropriately, be your people in this world, that others would have that same sense of wonder at you, at who you are. So Lord, speak to us now. We ask this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. John Calvin, the ancient reformer. Not ancient, I'm sorry. He was in the 1500s. That's not ancient. John Calvin, the reformer from the 1500s, reflecting on the Psalms, he has this classic quote where he says, there is not an emotion of which anyone can be conscious that is not here in the Psalms represented as in a mirror. As I said, the Psalms are human beings reaching up to God and in the Psalms we have the full expression of human emotion. So in different Psalms, you can see them prioritizing different feelings. Different responses. And here in Psalm 8, it doesn't use this word, but the word I would use to summarize the feeling that I see in the psalm is awe. That feeling of awe. Awe is defined as reverential respect mixed with fear or wonder. Reverential respect mixed with fear or wonder. It's that moment where something so grand, something so powerful happens. That you're put in your place in an appropriate way. Where you have a sense of fear and wonder and respect at the world we live in. At your role in it. When you have that sense that you're part of something that is bigger. That's awe. I don't know what your experience is, but in my own experience, what I find is that as I get older, I feel that sense of awe less and less. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's that as we go through life, the trials of life make us a little more cynical, make us a little more questioning of the things that we see. As we go through life, we learn more. But when I think back to when I was younger, it's like I had that sense of awe at almost everything in the world. I think of my three-year-old and the stage of life he's in and the awe and happiness and joy that he seems to experience when he learns something new. And I don't feel it as much anymore. Again, maybe it's just me, but that's the reason why Psalm 8 may be my favorite psalm. Because the sense of awe that you see here is so clear. And it's so beautifully expressed. And there's a number of things that make the writer of this psalm feel that sense of awe. The first thing that stands out to me, maybe the most vivid image, is he talks about the stars. He says, I look up at the moon and the stars, the work of your fingers that you have established. The stars begin to make the psalmist feel that sense of awe. Now looking up at the stars and feeling wonder and amazement, that's not new. That's, That's as ancient as it gets. And that's as common as it gets. Human beings, for as long as we know, have looked up at the stars and wondered, what exactly are those? But I think with what we know today, the stars can make us feel an even deeper sense of awe at God's work than the psalmist felt. In the ancient world, the way that they thought of the night sky was that basically there was a dome over the earth. And the lights that you would see from the stars were basically holes in this dome. Maybe the light of God shining through to the world. That's the way the ancient world viewed the night sky. Now in today's world, we know that in the night sky, there's a vast nothingness and that the stars are billions and billions of miles away. The stars should give us a sense of awe at God's work though because now we know just how large they are. In fact, maybe we don't know just how large they are. It's incomprehensible. I mean, you could think about human beings in relationship to the earth. How small we are in relationship to the earth. But then compare the earth to the sun. You don't actually have to. I have a picture here for you. You can see that to scale, the earth is a tiny little dot in comparison to the sun, our closest star. Then you have to compare the sun to other stars, realizing it's really a mid-level star. You can see there, the sun is that tiny one in the top left. Try to hold in your mind the earth in comparison to the sun, and then try to compare the earth to that other star that's the bottom one there. You realize just how massive the stars actually are, how large they are. And then you realize that there's these clusters of stars that you can see. Each one of those little bright lights represents any number of these massive stars that are all there with billions and billions of miles in between them. And then you realize these clusters combine to make up galaxies. And each one of those lights is more and more of those massive, massive stars. And then there's multiple galaxies. And this last week as I was looking at this, I did not know this. I was ignorant of this. But apparently, we're in the Milky Way galaxy And the Milky Way galaxy is on a collision course with the Andromeda galaxy as if I needed more nightmare fuel. (laughs) But these galaxies are moving at a speed we can't understand, combining into each other, colliding into one another. And there's even more galaxies farther away. We don't know the extent of God's creation. We don't know where it all ends. There is so much that we don't know, but what we do know is that it is absolutely massive beyond a scale that we can hold in our heads. The stars should cause us to feel a sense of awe. But I think if you reflect on this stuff a little too much, you start to feel a little insignificant. I mean, think about ourselves in relationship to that. How tiny we are in comparison to all of it. But that's where Psalm 8 gives us a correction there. When you reflect on the Psalms, if you start to feel insignificant, Psalm 8 has the exact opposite message. Because it's actually not the stars that cause the deepest sense of awe for the writer of this psalm. The the stars just begin the sense of awe there. But He goes on to say, what are humans that you are mindful of them? What are humans that you are mindful of them? God created this massive creation, and yet it's humans that God is concerned with. Not only is God concerned with humans, though. I mean, it's true. God creates this massive creation and then loves us and cares for us and is willing to suffer and to die for us that we might be saved so we can be in relationship with God. But according to Psalm 8, it's even deeper than that. Psalm 8 talks about how humans were made just a little lower than God. And that the creation was placed under human feet. I think what the psalmist is talking about here is back in Genesis 1. When God created everything, God then created the first human. And the first human goes around and names all the other animals. Humans were supposed to have dominion. Were supposed to rule alongside God. Now, there was the fall. We messed it up. But God still has this desire to rule alongside humans. That's really what the plan of salvation is about. The kingdom of God being ushered into this world. God wanted humans to help care for creation, to help tend creation, to work alongside God to help this world flourish. That was the ultimate point. God created this garden that was supposed to be perfect so that human beings could tend it with God. Think about that for a second. That's what the psalmist is talking about here. Made just a little lower than God. Made with the ability to work alongside God. This God of the universe who made those massive stars, who made those galaxies, who made all of this, thinks so highly of humans that we were invited into God's work to help this creation flourish. That should give you a sense of awe. That should give you pause. That should give you wonder and amazement. It should give you a sense of awe when you look up at the stars in the sky, but also when you look in the mirror, when you think of yourself and you realize God created you with this intent also. God created you with certain skills, certain ways in which you can help the place God has placed you to flourish. God created you with talents, with ideas, so that you can help the city, the town that you're in, flourish and reflect God's intent. It should give you a sense of awe when you look at the person next to you. I know some of you are thinking of the person next to you and you're like, really? But the truth of the Bible is, Every single human being was made in the image of God. And yes, there was the fall. And yes, we are fallen and we fail. But inside each one of us, there is still the image of God there. It wasn't completely destroyed in the flaw. And if you look hard enough, and yes, I know for some of us it takes a little harder, more time to look. But when you look hard enough, you will find God's image there in the person who annoys you, and the person who frustrates you, in your deepest enemy, God's image is still there. Every single human being should give us a sense of awe and wonder. The same way the writer of Psalm 8 has that sense of awe and wonder. But ultimately with all of it, it's not a sense of awe and wonder at the human being, at the stars, at the person. Sense of awe and wonder at this God. This God who thinks so highly of you that you are invited to help this world flourish. You're invited to live the way of life that Jesus calls us to live so that it can flourish. This God who wants you to be part of this plan of salvation, who invites you into this work, who wants you to tend and care for this world. should give you that sense of Respect mixed with fear and wonder. That's the invitation that God gives to us. That's what Psalm 8 is reflecting on. And I think that the more we cultivate that sense of awe, the more we live our lives with the recognition of God's work, the deeper our humility becomes, and the more clearly we can see God at work and become part of it. Awe should always give you a sense of humility. God's grandeur, the fact that God loves you, the fact that God invites you into that, it should not cause you to have pride. It should cause you to be humble and to want to come alongside the work that God has called us to. That's why things like what we did with James Storehouse give me such a deep sense of joy. It seems small. It seems minor. But in that moment, we were helping those children to flourish. we were putting them on a path towards flourishing. It's a small little thing. It's one piece of a much larger puzzle. But we're treating them with the dignity that God would have for them. Those things matter. So may we all have that sense of awe. When you look up at the stars, may you not feel insignificant. May you realize just how deeply God cares about you. When you remember how much God cares about you, may you not feel prideful. But may you feel humble in the face of the God that we worship. And may you treat everybody with the dignity that they deserve. The dignity that God has for them. Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you for Psalm 8. We thank you for the picture of the stars that it evokes. We thank you for the reminder that it is of just how highly you think of us, Lord. Though we seem to mess everything up. You continue to want to work with us, to bring us into your work of helping this world to flourish and helping it reflect your original intentions, Lord. So help us to have a sense of awe with that. Help us to have humility. Help us to find our places in this larger story that is a story about you and about your love and about your care for your creation, Lord. Help us to not seek to rule alongside you out of self-interest. But help us to seek to rule alongside you for the benefit of your world, that we might serve you. So Lord, instill in us that sense of awe. Instill in us that sense of wonder and amazement at you.
1: to